All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Humble and Hungry Podcast with Adventure Jordan. As always, your host, Brandon, hanging out with another athlete conversation. Except athlete turned professional, turned coach. You know, we got, we got a little bit of a journey on this one. Again, you're kind of trying to balance out the um, the two sides of everything, I think, of like between being current athlete as well as, to your point, other opportunities that exist beyond just being a professional athlete. Yeah, I, I think, you know, what we want to do in, on this podcast is give people different perspectives. And the guy I got on today is a, a guy near and dear to my heart. Um, he's one of the top performance coaches in the industry. Um, he's had quite of a journey and he's still so young, but he has such an old soul. Um, Marcus Jones is, has been with Game Face and he's a viable part of Game Face. And, you know, we can never tell our story about Game Face without mentioning Marcus's name. So, um, he's one of the reasons why we're here, why we're successful, and um, his journey just took a different turn. And as brothers, you know, I supported him, and he supported us and what we're doing. And he's been a big advocate for my for my son Deontay, who's also he taught him a ton, which made him into uh, one of the best performance coaches. Also, so Marcus is on today. He's a strength coach for NC State, um, but he's been in a new a lot of different places, and his journey is still going. But where he's been is it's really interesting to me, and I want to. Get him on and share part of that story. Well, good good news for you. He is on. Marcus, welcome. Exactly. Welcome to the show. Thank you. I appreciate y'all having me. It's an honor. Um, and I appreciate the uh, kind words, the venture. Um, it means a lot. I think sometimes we go through uh, life and we don't recognize the impact and influence we can have on people um, for sure. and on organizations, man. So I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, so, Marcus, let's, let's dive right in. T- t- tell us about Marcus Jones. Man, uh, let's see. Simple country. Um, I'm from uh, Wake Forest, North Carolina, which is just north of Raleigh. Uh, born and raised. Uh, was a three-sport athlete growing up. Um, had the opportunity uh, to play college uh, football at the University of Minnesota. Um, and yeah, uh, that's pretty much how the journey started. But me, as a person, you know, I'm a coach. I love athletics. Love the grill. Love uh, music cars, anything you can pretty much think of. Uh, I dabbled in fishing. Hunting is probably the one thing I haven't explored yet, but I'm on my way there. I'm on my way there. Dude. We figured this, if there's something you haven't done, you're going to be conquering it soon. <laughs> you know it, man. You know it. I like to uh, try different things. I think in what we do, it, it's a lot. It, it can drain a lot out of you. And if you don't have a few different hobbies or a few things you can do to take your mind away from it, uh, it can be overwhelming. I agree. So speed up, man. You're from North Carolina and you played sports, obviously, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Tell us about yep. your journey. How, how did you get to Minnesota? Um, wow. So in high school, uh, I was a, a pretty good football player, uh, although undersized uh, as far as height is concerned. So recruiting uh, didn't really go the way I wanted it to go um, in the sense of I wanted to stay home. Uh, so, you know, you got Carolina, NC State, Wake Forest, and Duke all here on your back door. Um, and I was on a pretty successful football team. I think we only lost like six or seven games in four years on varsity. Wow. Um, and then played in the state championship my senior year. Um, so essentially what happened, uh, my, going into my senior year, uh, I still wasn't getting a lot of offers. So I went with what was the best fit at the time, which was Northern Illinois. Um, during that time, they were pretty good, pretty good football team. Um 
And I didn't want the headache of trying to take visits and dealing with the recruiting process during my senior season because I felt like we had an opportunity to win the state championship. Mm-hmm. And that was something my high school had never done. Uh, so we really, my senior class really made a decision to just focus on that. We weren't going to take visits on Saturdays. Um, we were going to be around to watch film, do practice, lift, whatever we needed to do on the weekends. Um, going through the season, season's going phenomenal. Uh, I get a call in like November. Or early December. Hold on, hold on. Let's back that, up real quick. You, you yep. guys, as as young men, made a decision to be committed to each other mm-hmm. versus thinking about yourselves and and yeah. taking trips mm-hmm. to go see colleges. You guys rather yeah. have committed to it. Man, that's a, that's a, that's a whole yeah. other podcast episode uh, on its own. <laughs> yeah. So uh, to give it some context, uh, Wake Forest um, has grown a lot over the, the past few years. But when I was here at high school. My senior class, we had essentially been playing football together since we were five or six years old. Wow. Um, so we were all pretty much ingrained and committed and on the same page when it came to football. Okay. Um, we all loved it the same high football IQ. We were all ultra competitive. Um, and we all had issues getting recruited, uh, even though we had a phenomenal football team. Like I think my junior year, we were 14 and one and lost in the semifinals um, in the biggest division here in North Carolina. Uh, so it was a lot of guys who were frustrated and who were hungry. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, And so for us, it was personal. Winning a state championship was personal. Um, And it's something we wanted to do together. Excuse me. And it's something we wanted to do for our town. Uh, We had had a good football team for a few years. But again, my senior year was the first time we went to the state championship. They ended up winning a few years later. We lost my senior year. But that meant a lot to us. Um, And we wanted to leave a legacy. We knew that, even as seniors. Uh, that we wanted to do something that it would be hard to replicate. Hmm. Uh, so, yeah, we we made that decision that we weren't going to take a lot of visits. I think I maybe took two visits to, like, Duke and Carolina maybe just because right. it was after film. We had already practiced and did what we needed to do. So we just drove up and watched the game. But it wasn't like a, yeah, I'm, I'm in love with the recruiting process kind of thing. All of us just wanted to play football on Friday nights at that point. Makes sense. So – Mm-hmm. You're you're you committed to Illinois, and uh, but then what yeah. happened? Like, uh, uh, so I committed to Northern Illinois in like in June. Uh, a lot of people thought it was a bad move. A lot of people thought I would receive offers throughout my senior year, but knowing what I know now about how recruiting works, uh, I think I made the right decision because most people are going to identify you as a person they want in your junior year, right? Um, if you, if you're truly talented, uh, so I felt like if somebody was going to offer me during the football season my senior year, I was an afterthought. Hmm. Um, you hear that, kids? Thought, Your junior yeah. year. Junior year is when colleges really start looking and start offering you if they really think you're a priority for the program. Okay. All right. Go ahead. Speed up. Um, so uh, I get a call like December um, from uh, the guy who was recruiting me. Um, his name is Jim Sabrowski. He was like, hey, man, I just want to let you know uh, that, you know, Coach Kill took another job. He got the job at the University of Minnesota. Uh, we don't really know how things will play out. Even as coaches, we don't really know how we fall into it yet. Uh, but I'm going to let you know. You're going to be the first one to call once I know something. So wow. I was like, okay, this is odd. So I called um, and decommitted from NIU um, just because I didn't know what would happen. Uh-huh. It just so happens now that the head coach I worked for was the coach, that Coach Dorn got the job at NIU. Wow. Um, so with that, uh, Coach Kill went to Minnesota. They called and wanted me to come on a visit. And then James Franklin from Vanderbilt, he had just gotten the Vanderbilt job, came to my high school um, and was trying to recruit me as well, trying to get me to come to Vanderbilt. Uh, seeing how it was a mid-year, 
this was like the second, third week in December, and we still had a state championship game to play. Uh, I didn't have a lot of time. Like, I knew once we played the state championship game, I had a weekend to take a visit. Mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. So um, I ended up choosing Minnesota for the visit. I was like, I'll go see it. If I like it, uh, I'll commit because I already know the coaching staff. I'm comfortable with it. Right. If I don't, I'll, 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 I'll figure it out. If I got to stay in school another semester, it is what it is. Did you come up here uh, in the wintertime, though, or did you come in the man, spring? It was winter. It was, <laughs> oh, it was the same December, winter. man. Uh, it was December oh, of 2010. It was December 2020. I think that's the winter the Metrodome filling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so it was that winter. Uh, so I came up. I'm talking snow as high as my hip. Uh, <laughs> Sounds like a good a, year for us. <laughs> but I had a phenomenal time. Um, I had a phenomenal time. I meshed right in with my host, who was a running back at the time. Uh, the other guys on the team welcomed me. It just the coaches. We already had that relationship from being from being recruited to Northern Illinois. So it, was, it just felt like a great fit. Um, so I went ahead and committed like when I got back um, and that's how I ended up in Minnesota did you end up taking your other visit to Vandy as well nope okay mm -mm. and what what position uh, were you playing at the time uh, so I was an athlete then I was primarily a, a defensive back uh, but when the, when we played tough games or tough teams I would also play running back Mm -hmm. um, two-way player I, in the Big Ten, not bad, huh? It's crazy. Uh, so, so then, so that was a thought, right? The NIU it was like, okay, you can be a corner. Uh, you know, uh, you're five seven five eight. We can make it work. You get to the Big Ten, it's like, uh, I don't know if we want a five eight corner, <laughs> guard of some of the people we got to guard. So I get in my, my my freshman year that January, and they're like, uh, you think you can play receiver? I'm like, that's a position I've never played in my life. Like, do I, I, I'm sure I could, uh, but I tried it out, and I was fortunate enough to be put in a situation where I was starting by the time the fall came um, at receiver. So that's what I started off uh, with my first two years, and then ultimately I switched back to defensive back uh, my junior year. Nice. Wow. So, you, you, I mean, you've had some setbacks too in college. Like, you had a, a few injuries also, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so my freshman year uh, was my first one. Um, I was having a pretty good year. In fact, um, it was a few game. I don't know, like the USC game, I led the team in receptions and receiving yards uh, as a freshman. That was my first start. Moved past forward a few games. Michigan returned a kick. They called it back, but I had like over 200-some all-purpose yards that game. Come back against Purdue, return a kick, kickoff return for a touchdown. And then I tore my ACL the next week in practice. Um, so it was kind of like I was building this momentum, uh, and it just got taken away like that. Um, so that was, that was tough. That was mm -hmm. hard. Um, I had never really, I ain't gonna say I wasn't, I had never suffered a major injury cause that'd be a lot. I've been to ER a few times, but never playing a sport had I been, uh, right. suffered a major injury. Mm -hmm. Um, so that was a real blow, uh, to, to my ego at that time. Um, but I, I had a phenomenal athletic training staff. My shrimp coaches were phenomenal. And I was back playing in seven months. Uh, by the time spring ball came around, uh, I was already back in it. Wow. Um, going at it again. Uh, so gearing up for my sophomore year, things are going well. Um, we had some quarterback trouble and some things worked out with the rotation where I wasn't starting, but I was a rotation receiver. And then in a game at Nebraska, I tore my ACL again, uh, my other ACL. Um, so now it's like, all the air comes out um, and you start to lose confidence. You start to question yourself. Um, and that's, it's the slow process of trying to figure out your identity without the sport of football. 
Right. Um, right. Because at this point you've lost it twice. Right. So it's like, okay, um, who do I want to be? What do I want to do? What if football doesn't work out? That's like right. the first time that those thoughts start to creep in. Sure. Um, so again, phenomenal athletic training staff, phenomenal strength staff. This time I think I was clear, fully cleared five and a half for six months. Jeez. So even faster than I was the first time. Right. Um, they they were willing to push me as hard as I was willing to go. And most people who know me know I'm pretty competitive. I'm going to go as hard as I possibly can. Right, right. Uh, and, mo- and mostly anything. Um, so it worked out. Um, trying to come back and play, my tendonitis was really bad. So we just made the decision. That receiver was just too much. It was too many yards, too many hard cuts. So um, I was like, can I switch to DB? They were like, yeah, we'd love to have you play DB. Um, so I did that. Um, and it and it, it was it was different because I wasn't playing as much. My role on the team diminished. Right. Um, uh, but it was the most fun I've ever had competing. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a defensive backfield where we saw probably from 2012 to 2014 when I left, probably seven or eight guys I played with in that defensive back room played in the NFL. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you guys were loaded back there. Yeah. We were loaded. Um, and we had a, a position coach that was pushing us at all costs. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. you got to earn every rep type of situation. Um, and I think I found more enjoyment in competing with those guys and, and, like, actually earning reps and earning playing time than I did just being a starter. Right, right. Uh, that because that camaraderie. It, right. It became about the process. And we became so invested in each other by pushing each other in different ways. Um so I, I think that was a that was a really cool experience, and it was an experience I wish every position room could experience because it's nothing like it. Right. It's it's nothing like a compet like it to me, mind you. I've never played in the NFL, but I have a, a lot of friends and I've coached a lot of people who do. It felt like an NFL locker room, but with more of a high school or college type of love for it. Sure. Um, like it was that business like that down to the T grades everything was extremely critical but it felt like we were all in it together as opposed to trying to outdo one another wow so you get to your senior year um Mm -hmm. of college at one point do do you decide like okay i'm not going to nfl i need to start thinking about what's next i think after the, the the second injury opened that door okay right so after 2012, that second ACL injury opened that door. 2013, I had a phenomenal season. I think I was, like, second on the team in all-purpose yards. Um, a few return touchdowns. Uh, I tied the, uh, the record at Minnesota for return touchdowns that year. Um, so going into my senior year, it's like, wow, like, I, I really can do this. Like, I just have to have one more good year. Mm-hmm. I could be in the NFL. Um, and the season starts off well, and then I break my hand. Um, like fourth game in, I think. Yeah, it was at the TCU. It was like San Jose State or somebody. Fourth game in, I break my hand. And I'm in a splint. Um, and what I was uh, gaining a lot of notoriety for returning, I couldn't do anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had to find another role. So I think at that point, it was like, all right, I don't, I don't know if I'll make it. So what am I doing to prepare myself in other avenues? Um, so fortunately enough for me, I had I had already identified that I, I wanted to be a coach. I just didn't know if I wanted to coach football or be a strength and conditioning coach. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so I took the opportunity to intern um, for credit, for class credit with Cal Dietz at the University of Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was kind of my first exposure to a weight room outside of a football weight room. Um, and Cal is a very, uh, very smart, smart coach and a smart individual and a good dude, a little quirky, uh, a little different. Yeah. Um, but he basically told me, you know, if you want to be innovative or good at this, you got to stay on top of the research and the science of everything that's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, he, um, he, he referenced, you know, that the, the, what we actually do, research hadn't caught up to yet, but it's important to always be in tune with it. Yep. Uh, so yep. a lot of what I did for him outside of like really assist and watch was read. He would give me research articles to read and I'd be like, what, what does this mean to you? How does it apply to our athletes? Um, and I think that was my first look at critically looking at information and being like, okay, this ain't just about sets and reps. Like it's, it's a lot of different things that go into the thought process mm-hmm. if you want to be good at this. Right. Um, so I play my senior season while I'm training uh, for pro day. Uh, I'm still working. Um, I'm, I'm studying to get my CSCS. Uh, I'm working at the airport. I'm working for uh, uh, another another performance coach in the area in Minnesota, uh, just trying to get get in the door. Um, and then eventually, that's when uh, you and I get connected mm-hmm. um, out in Brooklyn Park when we were at the uh, the suite, yeah, um, yep. the small the smaller suite. Um, and I think being able to connect with you gave me the opportunity to start implementing everything I had seen and learned to that point. Yeah. Um, and actually start doing it. And you gave me right. the confidence to be able to do it. And I think for me, that was big um, be, because as I earned more trust, you gave me more. Right. Um, and I think that's when I really started to blossom as a coach. You know, I was happy for, for me, you know, when you walked in, you were just so mature. And I'm just like, you know, we were at a point, at a tippy point as far as a brand where we can go either way. Right. Um, right. And I knew we needed me being stuck in so much of the day-to-day grind of it all. You know, we needed something more innovative, somebody on the, on the cutting edge that was on top of the research, on top of what we were doing to kind of come in and, and rejuvenate what we were doing, right? We could have stayed doing what we were doing. We would have been fine. But when, you you know, you walked in, it was just like a breath of fresh air. It was like, this is what we needed. This is what we needed, you know? And... um you never miss reps. You never skip beats. Like you were always on, on time. You were on point. And what you did, like with just with the athletes and just with the other coaches that we had, it was just, it was phenomenal, you know? So, and, you know, even looking back now, understanding even on this podcast, more the adversity that you have been through in your life is just preparing you for what you're doing now, because now you're firsthand, you're able to speak about adversity and, 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 and being in the locker room and dealing with it firsthand versus saying, hey, you know what? I talked to somebody who's been through this. No, dude, like, I've been there. I get it. I understand it. But this is how you overcome it. Right. Right. And I think that's we, – we talk about a lot here on our staff, but I think the thing we talk about the most is how can we use our experiences and the knowledge we have to build relationships with our players. Mm-hmm. Because beyond what you know about – strength conditioning or the science of of anything they don't care nope right at the end of the day once they realize that you care about them um that that they're a part of your family um they'll do anything for you they'll do anything they ask you to do and you can help more importantly you can help push them uh to a point where they start to grow up you can push them 
to a point where when they get weaker face adversity, you can be there for them and still hold them accountable at a high level without them feeling like, um, without them feeling like they're being used or taken advantage of, because that's what a lot of athletes experience mm-hmm. at some of these universities. They feel like it's very transactional. Um, and once you build relationships, you take that mindset and thought process away. That's good. Anyways, Deontay, when you were there, obviously at the facility at Brooklyn Park, were you, where were you in your journey? Were you athlete? Were you staff? What was it like when, when Marcus came in? How bad did he mess you up? Like, <laughs> how did it go for you? I think he body slammed Deontay right away. Every day. Hey, look, hey, least, Marcus, you come in, you got to make a statement. It just, you didn't know it was him. You just had someone had to be the 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 statement. Man, at least Marcus to start that off. Marcus would beat me up at least like four or five times a week, but I would also try him about four or five times a week. So I deserved it. And Marcus had no patience. Like nah. he, he like he was militant. Like if he told you to get on the line and stretch, and you didn't get on the line. You're going to pay a consequence. <laughs> I'm sorry. Is your foot over the line, Deontay? Oh, uh, no. Nah, no, nah, I was just – I just messed with him on purpose. But uh, at that time, I was um, – let's think around that time. I was a freshman, ending my freshman year of high school, just about. Oh, mm-hmm. so just fresh and arrogant yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was uh, ending my freshman year, going to my sophomore year. And uh, at that time, that was a big developmental stage for me. So um, – I mean, I saw the traction the business was getting. I saw um, the type of athletes that were coming in, and uh, as well as myself, I I, don't, uh, I never missed any days. Uh, my dad and Marcus know that. So I think at that time, uh, meeting Marcus, it kind of like shaped me where I was at because at the time, Marcus was training me, um, and my dad did it on purpose. And I remember I, I was I was pissed off because <laughs> I started I started training with Marcus, and I'm like. This dude is crazy. Like, I thought my dad was crazy, but, like, this dude was nuts. And I remember I told my dad, I'm like, I'm, I'm not doing this again. And he's like, yeah, let's go with him. And uh, I remember just my athletic abilities just soared through the roof. And I remember um, I got cut from the varsity team uh, my freshman year, started on JV, and then um, I came back, and I was a uh, six-man on the varsity team on, like, a nine-man senior team. And uh, we had a great run of state and everything, so – uh, kudos to both of y'all in uh, terms of that area. But Marcus helped me a lot in my uh, performance coaching journey. I remember he talked about um, Cal Dietz making him read books. And I remember my first summer technically interning uh, and learning how to train. Marcus gave me this book and it was um, uh, Becoming a Supple Leopard. And he was like, you better take a page of notes on every chapter. If you don't and you bring it back, I'm going to beat you up. so (laughs) i remember i did that and i did and uh, i came back and reviewed each one and uh that little lesson stuck with me for the rest of my life because it taught me how to not cheat steps and uh how to not cheat the process and help me become the coach i am today so the supple leopard you are today yeah for sure marcus man (laughs) talk about your 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 your, so you pursued to go to you know the uh, sector of of the college realm Mm -hmm. how many schools have you been at now Oof. Uh, let me see. <laughs> uh, six, I think. Six, maybe seven. So, in you moving, right? Is mm-hmm. that the norm? Is that the normality of 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 the college realm? Is just moving, you know, once a job opens up, or like, what what is that like? Um, I I'll say that depends. I I would I don't want to say my case is normal 
because um, I was pretty much moving every year. All right. Um, or especially early on. Um, and that was more so about opportunities. I think to get into this profession, especially at the collegiate level, you either have to work for free or work for close to nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you get in, um, people will keep you around for close to nothing if you allow them to. Mm-hmm. That's good. Um, so as you advance, as you learn these skills and opportunities mm-hmm. come up, um, people will call. And, you know, at that point, it's about weighing, weighing what's best. And for me, it was I need to be somewhere where I'm learning, I'm growing, I have influence, uh, but I'm also comfortable. Like, nobody wants to work 12, 13-hour days and come home and eat ramen. Like, nobody wants to do that. Right, right. Um, and, and you have to for a while. But I was like, as soon as that's not the case, I'm gone. Like, <laughs> like right. as soon as I no longer have to do that, I'm not doing it anymore. Um, and that was kind of a cascade year after year. I mean, uh, as soon as I finished my master's, we talk in May of 2016, I think is when I left uh, Game Face and I went to Boise State um, as, yep. as a part-time Dude, I forgot basis. all about Boise State. Uh, I remember yeah. when you brought back all the, went, all the goodies. I can't. All the year, yeah. Man, I need to go back to all the other colleges. I need got to go back. <laughs> when you came to my senior night and brought me that blue hoodie. Yeah, I remember that. That was crazy. Yeah. yeah. Boise State. Yeah, I forgot man. about Boise State. Um, so... You know, and it was one of those like restricted earnings positions where I was at work all day, but I was only going to get paid for like 20 some hours a month or so. Um, so that was like my first um, college job. Um, and it was a great experience. Uh, coach Pittman um, and Coach Harson, who was the head coach at the time, they're at uh, Auburn now. Um, they took me in, you know, they let me learn and I learn quick. I always do uh, because I try to always absorb everything I can about a program, but also add what I already have in my arsenal too. Um, And by the time I was in, by the time January came, St. Thomas, University of St. Thomas was looking for a strength coach. So I came back to I met with him two years ago about you. We talked about it then, and he tried to get me to come in and do it. I'm like, dude, I'm not like, no. (laughs) Yeah, one, one, one thing I will say about Coach Caruso, he is probably the most detailed efficient um, head coach I've ever been around. It's mm. a reason why he's won coach of the year at that level multiple times. Right, for sure. Um, but I learned a lot from him uh, just in how you think about things, the processes you put in place, why, what, when it's appropriate. Um, but he was a phenomenal coach. So as you know, he's a I phenomenal at, person, uh, dude. Yeah, he is very detailed. Definitely. I mean, when we ordered um, lunch, he was detailed about that. Like, I want this and I want this many chicken thighs. No skin. Like, I was like, okay, all right. And and if it was wrong, you would have heard about it. I mean, (laughs) you know, you would have heard about it. You don't really get a lot of Italian personalities in football. Right. Uh, But, like, that was a true, genuine, like, Italian personality, you know, where you can get zero to 100 like that um, (laughs) if things aren't right. But he just has high standards, and he holds everybody to him. It's not about just people in his program. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's one thing I, I really took away from him. But that's when I came back to Game Face and was doing work with both yep. uh, just to supplement income because uh, St. Thomas was D3 and didn't pay as well. But I wanted to be back in Minnesota. Um, and from there, I got the Louisville opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um, went to Louisville in the summer of 18, and then we got fired. Uh, Coach Petrino got fired, and then we subsequently got let go. Um, went to Western Kentucky for a year. Went to App State. And then after a year and a half at App State, I had the opportunity to come to NC State. 
So, so what's, few ne- schools. what's next for Marcus? Like, wh- where does Marcus uh, go? I think he just wants to sit down for a little oh, bit and relax. He's young. I think he's what twenty seven. Oh, he's twenty seven. Yeah, uh, so, yeah. Am I am I twenty seven? I don't even know. Just, I was born in ninety three. So yeah, twenty seven, Marcus. Yeah, about to be twenty eight. <laughs> Something like that. I don't know. I don't know. See, so, chalk it up to CT. Chalk it up to CT. Uh, so you're twenty seven <laughs> with a, with a sixty year old man's experience, and you're in a locker uh, room with all these other strength coaches. Like, what do you tell these guys? Like, like, come on, man, stop complaining. Like, just suck it up. You know, what do you say? Uh, I, I'm myself. Uh, a lot of the same personality that I gave Deontay, I still have. <laughs> okay, I was about uh, to say. I don't think that changed. Uh, I, I, I still have. Um, I don't think I'll change until I realize I'm old enough to that I won't be able to roll around and tussle with people anymore. Then I'll probably let it go. Okay. Uh, Marcus but, is quick to fight. By the way, yeah. Like, let's fight. <laughs> That's Marcus. Um, but no, it, it's a good personality I have in my players. Because they see the same thing, right? They they th- they see a close age gap, uh, so it makes it easier for us to have similarities and things to connect on. Easy mm-hmm. talking points, easy to build relationships. Uh, but they hear me talk, they hear I can project my voice, they hear me in front of the group and realize that uh, that every now and then I'll say something wise, um, and they hold on to it. Uh, so the difficult piece becomes finding the balance in that, you know, because on the field, you know, I'm militant. You know, I want everything to be a certain way. If it's not, it's not good enough. Restart it, start it over. Uh, but in the locker room, I'm more playful. I'm more joyful. Um, right. And that balance, the more I'm around them and the, the longer you're in a program, just the easier it is for kids to adapt to your personality because they know what to expect. Right. Um, but I think the hard part is people act like someone they're not to try to gain influence, attention, or make an impact. And then they struggle to sustain that. And that's right. when you see people get burned out. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's important for people to one see you're genuine, but two for you to be able to be consistent with it. Because if you are, people ain't going. People aren't going to trust you in this business. That's true. Amen. Co- college Amen sports that. is college sports and professional sports are cutthroat enough. People have their own agendas. They they're doing all kind of manipulating and trying to make moves. And it's a lot going on. A lot of people want somebody to have their back, especially on their staff, that they can trust. And players mm-hmm. want that too. Because you, you come to a program where players have had three, four strength coaches, three, four position coaches in three, four years. Right. And it's like, okay, where's the stability? Where's the security? Mm-hmm. And how do we expect these kids? Because that's what they are. They're very large kids um, that are beco- learning to become men. Uh, how do we expect them to be vulnerable when we have egos and personalities that won't even be vulnerable with them first? Mm-hmm. Mm, that's true. So, Marcus, I got uh-huh. a two-part question for you. So yes, I mean, uh, congratulations on you know getting to NC State and getting back home, but um, I wish you were in Minnesota. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, so the first question is um, just for the people that don't know and that don't know you, what is now your position at NC State after taking that long road of you know bouncing from school to school to school and uh, remaining mm-hmm. diligent into being where you are now? And then the second one is, and uh, you can answer this, you know. <laughs> Wholeheartedly, you don't have to answer this at all. But would you strictly say you are a strength conditioning coach, or would you still say that you are a sports performance coach um, on a strength strength and conditioning path? You know, per se. Like, what, what do you what do you call yourself when people ask? Um. So my my official title of staff is a strength, assistant strength conditioning coach. Okay. Um. And uh, a lot of people don't understand, but most staffs have like a 
a ranking system, if you will, uh, of one to five. Um, and right now I'm pretty much in the middle of the staff. We have a nice mix of staff of older guys and younger guys and a wealth mm-hmm. of knowledge here. Um, and that's what I enjoy about it because you're learning something every day yeah. uh, from the guys I'm around. And we all have different experiences. So that makes it cool. Um, as far as what I call myself, uh, when people ask, I just tell them I'm a coach. Um, because uh, you guys know, at St. Thomas, I doubled. I coached corners and then I coached uh, strength and conditioning. Yep. Um, but everywhere else, I've coached strength and conditioning. I wholeheartedly believe uh, I could coach a position again uh, like that. Um, but to me, that's just not my desire. Um, beyond the sets and reps, as strength coaches, we get the unique opportunity to spend more time with anybody uh, with our athletes. Yeah, for sure. Um, do, you, do you do any other sports or you just do football? I just do football here. Okay. Um, I've done other sports and other roles in the past, uh, but I've always been on the football staff. So, like, at Western Kentucky, I did football and men and women's track and field across country. Okay. Okay. Um, but, yeah, so for me, that's I feel like that's where that's where my purpose is, right, helping these young men through the adversity because they know when I come talk to them, I don't have an agenda about Saturday. For sure. Like, I, w- I want them all to play, though. You know, I want them all to play at, at the highest level possible. But I also want them to have a clear mind. And I also want them to have somebody to come to when they're struggling and when they need help and when their families aren't here. Because that's what we tell them on recruiting visits. Mm-hmm. Like, we're we going to treat these boys like our sons, our nephews, or our brothers. Um, and for me, that's real. Because I know what it feels like to be young and 20 hours away from home. Mm-hmm. So speaking of that, in recruiting, you know, you got now you got the portal and the NIL. Mm-hmm. What's your thoughts about that? Uh, blessing and a curse um <laughs> blessing and a curse the portal uh is where people can go to thrive or die uh essentially mm. um it's one of those places where uh you can be like oh, i don't like it here i'm transferring and find yourself never playing college sports again at the level that you thought you would mm-hmm. or it's a place where um if you have some success and you have some film <clears throat> you can change, you know, and I know at first it started with people needing to have uh, a reason, right? Like you needed to have families issues or health or something. Um, and now it's kind of all over the place. And I think NIL just compounds that issue. Um, everybody has their opinion on it. I don't really have one. Um, I think it's clear that schools with larger resources, larger fan bases are going to be able to do more for their kids than, um, what other schools would do and that's going to play a role in recruiting but that always has it's just um that now is it's it's a wider gap than what it used to be um i think for me as i talk to our kids about nil and what that means for them my first thing is uh, i fear it's a distraction Mm -hmm. um like because most of these kids are trying to do these things on their own right they don't, they don't have the knowledge uh, nor the resources to be able to do that at a high level. So mm-hmm. how much is it taking you away from your sport? How much is it taking you away from your classwork? And how much right. is it taking you away from your family? Uh, so that's the first thing. The second thing is most of them don't pay close enough attention to realize anything you get free or any money you make, you're going to be taxed on. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, so five years from now, I'd be interested to see what the IRS is getting in tax penalties <laughs> from college athletes. That's um, true. But, you know, and it's it's really the, the university's responsibility to educate them on it. But as we know, the ball is going to get dropped. Um, 
as it does. Um, I think we've been doing a, a good job here. But that's that's what I worry about because I think most of these athletes, uh, a good number of them, I won't say most, come from uh, low socioeconomic backgrounds. So they don't have a lot of financial literacy. So you bring them here and you give them $50,000. In some cases, it's way more than that. <clears throat> How does a kid learn to manage that? How does he learn right. to budget that? How does he put money to the side for his taxes? Um, how, how does he know who to trust? Because I think now you can get an agent for your NIL deals. It just can't be for NFL scouts um, when you're younger. Um, but how, how do you know who to trust and make those decisions with when you're on your own? Uh, right. So it just creates a slippery, slippery slope, and it leaves our kids to be vulnerable. A lot of people can take advantage of them if they're not careful. Yeah, I agree, man. I agree. Hey, look, that was a new angle. We hadn't had the tax perspective yet. We no. asked a lot of people about it. And I mean, that's a smart call, you know, For as sure. far as uh, how that's going to work out. Um, it, it, you know, it's, it's very interesting to see how it happens. To your point, there's more options available to athletes, but options aren't always a good thing, you know, because ooh, everyone we've talked to, at some point you have to overcome adversity. You can't always run from a situation to another. Now, granted, there's times you need to be able to remove yourself some from a situation because it's just not mm -hmm. good mm -hmm. uh, I had three coaches in four years even in my experience everyone was different I liked two out of the three uh, you know but the one I didn't like didn't play me and that was something that I had to deal with and and, mm -hmm. and you know handle in whatever situation that was you know because back then there was no portal and especially not at division three. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I did, I did take it in, in stride and learn from it and things like that as well, though. Mm -hmm. And I was patient. And then my last season, I'd be damned if anyone was going to take that spot for me. And, and that's how it was. So, um, right. you know, the coach told me afterwards that he was planning on starting the freshman just to get a head start, you know, cause I'd been there for a while. Like, what did I have to offer? And right about two days into preseason, he realized that plan wasn't going to happen because <laughs> I was a, a monster leader in the team and, nice. and he'd have a revolt if he took me out. Yeah. Right. And I think, I think that's what a lot of people miss out on. Like they see unfortunate circumstances. Um, they see adversity, they see obstacles and a lot of people's first instinct gets to run. Yep. Right. Um, but you miss the blessing of becoming who you're supposed to be when you do that. Because now it just takes a longer road. That's right. And, uh, and most, most situations, all situations are different. Sometimes there is issues in coaching staffs and at universities, whatever the case is, may not be best fits or whatever. But when it's about playing time, I feel like kids use the transfer portal as a cop-out to not take accountability for the things they need to improve on. I agree. Whether it be... Whether it be personal issues, whether it be uh, IQ of the game, whether it be better effort and strength conditioning, whether it be just having a conversation with a coach, mm -hmm. a, a difficult conversation. Uh, like a, a lot of kids will run from those. Mm -hmm. And it's like, why complain? Why are you complaining to me when you can just go have a conversation with your coach? Right. Because I'm not going to listen to you. Complain. Either <laughs> right. you're going to put in the work or you can you can go home. Like that's what they made the portal for. Yeah. Right. Um, and when you're that black and white with kids, they're like, hey, like you don't got to be like that. I'm like, well, you don't have to complain. It's easy to walk upstairs and have a conversation and get the answer that you need. If you feel like they're not being honest with you, if you feel like you can't trust them, then maybe this isn't the place for you. Right, right, right. Uh, but I think these kids, a lot of times, they, they just aren't being taught. And it's our jobs to help them grow as men. But if they want to, if they run from adversity and every opportunity they have to grow, then it's hard to do that. Yeah. 
You know, Marcus, I, I'm going to close this out. I, I appreciate your transparency and you taking the time to hop on with us today, man. Like I said, you Hello. know, your family, you know, um, <laughs> miss you. Haven't seen you in a few years. And, um, you know, we're looking forward to getting back together, man, and hanging out, man. And just, you know, I learned so much from you and I'm 42 and, and uh, I, I appreciate your, your, what you've been through. I appreciate you as a person and, and you know, even more as a, I call you my little brother, man, as being family, because uh, you help raise the bar in the industry, man, and, and keep doing that. Keep doing that. I appreciate that, D. Um, yeah, I, I'm excited to see y'all. <laughs> y'all have grown so much since the last time I've been back. I got like, what, six, seven locations to go see? <laughs> <laughs> we got to take a whole tour. Uh, yeah, man. And, you know, it, it's cool to, you know, be seen as a piece that helped create that. Yeah. But, man, a lot of that work you did on your own even before I showed up. Yeah, I appreciate um, that. So uh, I want to also push that credit back on you. You're innovative. Um, you have some amazing ideas, man. And I think you just got to keep pushing. You got to keep pushing that envelope. I am. You know, you, we got to keep raising the bar in this industry because, as you know, even what you do, people – get stagnant and they don't want to raise people get lazy man and i'm not lazy you know us we, we we like to grind and you know we like to fight for every inch that we that we get so i'm gonna keep fighting no doubt no doubt awesome well again like we always say uh you know if marcus's story you feel like it's relevant to someone or you know re- you know share it with them like we're just trying to get stories out there help athletes through their journey everyone's got their own journey uh it's never easy uh and so we want to help them kind of push through and persevere in times like that so i said definitely check it out otherwise you got nc state louisville boise state i mean oh st thomas whatever whatever <laughs> fan you can share with it because you know the journey touched it uh, so we appreciate that. But yeah, man, Marcus, we'll put uh, links in the description to your social media that you don't have, actually. So, I mean, I don't know. Maybe I'll link your coach <laughs> let's put, bio. Yeah, let's, put the Twitter, let's put the Twitter and the coach bio up there. Everything else is... is yeah, he ain't, ain't got, got no Instagram. He ain't don't do got Instagram. It. I ain't hey, got it, man. Keep it, keep it simple, man. I appreciate that. But yeah, like from our family years, uh, we're going to throw it out there. Uh, put your story out there. Appreciate you for opening up on that one. But hey, that's going to wrap us up. We got more athlete and coach stories coming at you. Make sure to stay subscribed. Uh, more content coming to the future. So until next time, everybody out there, we'll talk to you later. Take care.